What's up? I'm Joey, and this is the Owning It Podcast. After years of wearing a suit and tie, Joey He said, I've had enough of the litigating lie. And so he struck out on his own. He's a lawyer and a speaker and a business coach. This is Owning It with Joey C. Trademarks, copyrights. I, I get it. When we're, when we're talking about business growth, you're probably going to hear people talk about things like marketing and sales and funnels and websites and what to do on social media and all of this stuff. But today's guest, Amy, and I want to just let everybody in on this kind of unsexy secret <laughs> that at the end of the day, there's, there's one thing that you really need for your business to grow and scale. And that one thing is so in Amy's wheelhouse that she's written a book on it. And it's leadership, courageous leadership. Maybe you didn't wake up this morning thinking, oh, you know what my business needs to, to grow and scale? Like I need to better be a better leader. But I can tell you more and more CEOs of businesses that are growing, that are starting to build a team, realize that leadership is kind of like the the more heady word for a lot of this mindset talk. And so uh, again, I couldn't be happier to have Amy today. Amy has been in the business world for over 20 years. Again, she's she's written an actual book on leadership. <laughs> Amy, you're so good and talented in so many different ways. I mean, you've you've run marathons, you've spoken to hundreds if not thousands of people at this point. What is it about leadership as a topic that makes you so excited to make like the one thing that you will continue to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's our access to healthy, great relationships in the workplace and dare I say in all areas of mm. our lives. Uh, I think it's the access to the extraordinary results that we want. Looking at our leadership, how do we get things done through our strengths, through the way that we empower others, uh, through others, right? And mm -hmm. through partnerships and just really looking at what's possible when we each fully step into our own leadership style and approach. I love that. Speaking of style and approach, I know you have these four pillars or principles that are like the foundation of this. And maybe we can dive into that too. But tell me more about your story. How did mm. all of this unfold for you? Because I know that I'm more familiar with where you're at now and where you're heading in the in the short future. But I'd love to just learn more about what got you here. Okay. All right. Let me talk through a couple of forks in the road then, okay. if you will. Uh, I found learning and development, organizational development in my second job after college. 
and I was working for a company. My undergraduate degree was French commercial studies, which meant I took every French class that they took and I took all the core business classes that they took. I think they didn't quite know what to call us or where to put us. <laughs> we were in the liberal arts and sciences college because I think because of all of the French. I just tried to get myself into international companies and mm. I was in an organization where they used non-trainers to help facilitate their core curriculum. And I volunteered for that and I enjoyed that. And then there was also a large scale reorganization going on of the sales and service field. And I showed up to those meetings because I was number crunching BPI numbers for different regions, but all of my questions were people focused. Hmm. How are we going to transfer this knowledge from one sales rep to another, right? How is someone now going to take on servicing this region? Some of these folks are independent contractors. How does that work legally? What mm -hmm. can we train them? How do we share these expectations? So the woman that was the corporate trainer at that point and leading this large scale um, change effort took me out to lunch and said, been watching you. I see you facilitate. I hear your questions. Mm. I think you want my job. And I said, I think I do. So I put in for it after she moved on. Um, I actually started the same master's degree program that she had completed, got my master's in training and development with an mm. emphasis in organization development. And that company gave me the opportunity to transfer into HR and start to fill this role. And I was an exciting time because I was in the master's program and getting to apply what I learned sometimes yeah. literally the next day. Wow. So this is an example of like you are actually learning in school things that are practically helpful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, there are some classes in that undergrad liberal arts and sciences degree that I don't think I've ever used sure. in any way. But this was exciting, right? It was because of that. It felt different. Mm. And I got to apply it right away, which is what I want in the leadership programs that I'm a part of, right? I want leaders to not only get things on a theoretical level, but how do we apply? Mm. But anyways, I'm, 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 I'm jumping ahead of your question um, about how did I get here? I think a next milestone to tell you yeah. about is deciding to start my own business. I had worked for a variety of companies, different industries, very different cultures, very mm. different cultures. And I found it fascinating that I use my process I ask the questions that I do, and the end product looks really different mm. because of the leaders, because of the situation, because of what they're ready for, because of the culture. And also that businesses are much more nuanced and complex and interesting sometimes than you think looking from the outside in. Yeah. And, and I love that. I'm like, I love this variety. I love learning and meeting organizations and leaders where they're at mm. uh, and taking them to the next level. So that was part of my thinking behind, I want to start my own business here. And oh. at first it was anything customized learning. I very quickly became clear that I like working with leaders at all levels, right? But we ask a lot of leaders and I yeah. want leaders to get support and to feel like there's somebody in their corner and to feel like their organization is in their corner supporting mm. them because they're managing up and around and down and representing their 
team, representing the organization. There's a lot that leaders do that mm. not everybody has sight on. Interesting. So would you would you say that not every because I meant you you said I love working with leaders. Are there any good examples of people who aren't leaders that you maybe had the opportunity to work with, but you say no to? Or I guess another way of asking this mm -hmm. is like, do you think all business owners are necessarily leaders? We're all leaders and we all mm -hmm. can be leaders. How do we get in our way? Mm. How powerfully or not powerfully do we step into our leadership? Yeah. And, and I've seen some leaders getting in their own way. One of the main ways I see that happening is leaders trying to get the behaviors exactly right. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. It's A to B to C. And they're like robotically trying to get this right. And it, comes back to what you said up front, Joey, about mindset. Mm. Every time I've been inspired or impressed by a leader, it's because they're doing the work in here. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're not only figuring out what to do, they're figuring out what's the best way to think about it. What's the best mm. way to be about it? What are my intentions? What are my beliefs? Am I really trying to empower this team member? Or am I trying to get them to do this exactly how I want them to do this uh, in this moment, right? Like, where is our mind and our perception truly at? Oh, I um, love this. This is what I, this is, this is the phrase I want to get famous, Joey. Belief eats behavior for breakfast. Okay. Belief eats behavior for breakfast. I was reading your book <laughs> and I, and I saw that phrase, even in like the intro area. And I was like, I love this. I, I love the kind of spin on culture eats strategy for breakfast. I, I, I think yep, that yep. it's a really, I think it's so powerful, but, and I, I want to kind of zoom in on that and kind of take us in a slightly different place at the same time, if I can, I think when you take that Venn diagram of leaders and business owners and you look at that overlap, there are some really interesting kind of questions that for me have popped up. Like, what are the motivations for a leader business owner? And whenever I talk with clients and small business owners or people who maybe want to start a business or just kind of be an entrepreneur online, it seems like what they are motivated by falls into kind of three buckets of either freedom, family, like personal, like personal freedom, like personal or, freedom okay. family, mm -hmm. or impact. Mm. And what I found is that, look, I think everybody, you have to be really transparent and honest with yourself about what your carrots are for you, like what is actually motivating you. But I have found that when the more I've leaned into impact being that thing that really is driving me, the more natural it is for me to step out as a leader. And when I'm just thinking about my own freedom or putting food on the table, whatever that means with whatever kind of family you have, leadership hat kind of takes a back seat. Am I making any sense? Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah, we we want to find that spot where the the impact and the freedom come together in yeah. the Venn diagram, right? And, and but you're you're getting at a chicken and an egg kind of mm. conversation here. I think I'm going where you're going, like leaning into that impact, like yeah. knowing what our purpose is. First mm. of all, our individual leadership purpose. I call it a leadership legacy. Mm. You've seen that in the book. Love that. What is the purpose of our leadership? Mm. And this can be across all areas of our lives, right? Some leaders that I work with, it's innovation, right? They are bringing innovative ideas, processes, culture everywhere they go. You know, others are bringing compassion to Mm. every conversation or simplicity or thought leadership, right? It could be a new business model. It could be a patent. It could be many, many things. The power is when we choose. Yeah. What is, what is my purpose? What is my legacy? It grows from there as when you're a business leader, a business yeah. owner, right? You're, you're a leader. You have your leadership legacy. Now, what is the purpose of your business? What's the impact, mm. right? How are you helping your clients, what difference are you making out there? Yeah. Now, I feel like this can feel heavy of trying mm. to figure out what you want your legacy to be, where you want the direction of your business to go in. I can tell from working with you and just from what you said so far that you're a really good facilitator around these conversations. Are there any kind of go-to questions or types of exercises that you take people through that makes it easier to identify what they want to build leadership around? Yes. Two key questions. Okay. What are your strengths? What are your Mm. strengths? How do you provide unique value? Right. You can Mm. look at why do people come to you? Right. What are those, those strengths that you've been bringing in some form or fashion since you were a toddler? Mm. We've been organizing the blocks and, you know, now you organize something else. It's innate. It's always been there. Mm. So what's your unique value? And then what energizes you? Because we could be good at something and not be all that interested, energized, or passionate about it. And I would actually call those weaknesses because Mm. they weaken us in some way. So yeah, not, um, not rocket science here, but another Venn diagram. Where does your unique value how, uh, what you do to provide unique value and what energizes you, lights you up, you know, ignites that passion in you. And then if you're working in that area, it's a guarantee that you're going to have positive impact. I love that. Wherever you go. Yeah. That, that, and that really is a helpful thing of like, okay, combining strengths and what energizes you. That's a really helpful Venn diagram way of looking at this that I think makes it easy. And then in terms of implementing, you know, a a big part of of leadership and I think being the CEO of a business is letting go. And for something that I know I am working on and is a challenge for a lot of my friends who are building and growing businesses is what does it look like for me to build a business based on my strengths, based on what energizes me? And how am I continuing to let go 
so that the team or automations or whatever can help do this more effectively than just me alone. Yes. How do we work in our sweet spot? Yeah. Right, where we provide the most value. And it's tricky for business owners, right? Because business owners can feel like at the beginning, they might not have the funds coming in yet. They feel like they've got to do it all. They've got to figure it out. And then you find systems that you like, mm -hmm. but then there's funds coming in the door and it's time to let go of your grip on some of those systems and bring in the team members who have those strengths actually be able to take it to a better place and a yeah. more effective and efficient place because they have strengths and passion where you do not. I'm thinking about many of the back office things that I delegate to yep. other team members and I've held on to things right too long, yeah. right. Or still trying to direct too heavily from the passenger seat. And you can see when you when you let go and you give the ownership over there, yeah. right? And they understand where you're headed and why. Mm. They've got the why and you let them figure out how they're going to get there. Yeah. Then uh, exciting things happen. That's great. And I, and I want to ask this from you because I feel like your answer can help train us in how we can think about this as well. If you could wave a magic wand so that you could spend all of your day doing that one thing in that Venn diagram of your strength and what energizes you and have everything else delegated, you know, your ideal calendar, what would you be spending your time doing throughout the week? I would be with leaders. Mm. I would be speaking. Okay. Right. Doing more speaking. Oh, we were opening back up and now there's variants. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting what's happening in the uh, conference world, leadership development, corporate days. You know, we're seeing a lot of hybrid models and, and that's good. I would be with leaders virtual or in person. Uh, I feel like I can mm. make the connection either way. You know, we talk about this balance of working in the business, working on the yeah. business. Right. Part of what lights me up is that personal connection with yeah. leaders. So there is a percentage of my time that I would want to be working in the business, connecting with leaders. I get inspired uh, and get my energy uh, from seeing them do their due diligence and yeah. do the right thing by people and and take the risky moves because they know it's the right thing for their business or their division or whatever it is. And it would be the time to be the leader for my mm. business. Yeah. Right. And 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 how and be thinking about how do I engage my team, right? What do I want the future to look like? So ensure that there is that strategic planning, visioning time. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that answer. And I, I know that a, a lot of your client base, a lot of the people that you work with are, are more corporate, maybe less of the type of personal brands that you and I also know elsewhere. But in terms of that kind of personal brand business, I feel like there's a certain flavor of that kind of leadership where you are also the face of the brand. Hmm. 
Can you speak at all either personally or what you've helped others with in terms of like, what are common challenges to leadership when you are the face of the thought leadership or the speaking or whatever? And how might that look a little bit different than the behind the scenes CEO or, you know, just department leader at a, a larger organization? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you are the face of the brand, mm. I've seen it where business owners want to grow, yet they're not letting go of doing all of the doing. Yeah. Right. They they're doing the business development. So they talk to the next client and then the next client loves them, right? Really yep. connected with them, wants them to be their coach, right? Or their consultant. They don't have the processes set up so that the handovers naturally happen, mm-hmm. right? So I'm this part of the process, right? Next, you're going to be with one of our exceptional coaches, right? I actually recommend so-and-so for you because she's got this strength and this focus and based on what you want to accomplish, this is the best fit. You set it up. I mean, the pitfall is that they feel like they've got to be doing everything, Mm -hmm. right? And, And how do you find team members, independent contractors, whatever the model is, sure, right? That when you're clear on your purpose and your values, you can interview to make sure that you find the team members, the partners, the consultants, the practitioners that share that vision and those values. And you can feel like you can you can come together and they're going to represent you and your brand in mm. the way that you need. I love that you brought that up because I, I'm hearing so many business owners talk about the challenges of hiring. And when you kind of go behind the surface of whatever their challenges are, it seems like their their starting point is hiring based on a skill set, hmm. which may or may not be you know the right move for whatever role. The thought around, is this a good culture fit, is there. It's really taking a back seat. Hmm. It's another Venn diagram, Joey. Yeah. Where, you, yeah. where we need, there might be core skills that we need, right? We need those skills, but we also need to have that shared mindset about what's important here and what's important about how we do it. Yeah. I wasn't planning on going here, but I feel like you would have a good response to this. Sometimes when I hear businesses' core values, it sounds like you'll be a good cultural fit if you're just like a good person. And is that typically the case where like a good culture fit sharing our values just really boils down to like, we think you're a good person or have you seen examples of core values being kind of above and beyond a good person or kind of separate than just, we think you're a kind human being? Yeah. I think when an organization really dives in what are our values and how do they show up day to day, then it goes beyond integrity, quality, sustainability. Then it becomes what's unique to us. Yeah. One of the values of my business is transparency. 
we got to be transparent. All parties, you know, need to know as much as they possibly can know. I mean, sometimes in my business, there's there's confidentiality with sure. a client, right? And then there's the integrity around that. But then we're talking about that. That can't be shared because transparently that's part of the sure the, the the coaching relationship confidentiality. But I think when an organization does the work and this is uniquely us and it's important that we operate in this way, there's more meaning behind the values. They're not just something that's slapped on a wall, but they are used to hire right? To see if there's alignment. It's not like a person that's coming in the door has to say, my top five values exactly equal the top five values of this organization, but there needs to be alignment there. Yeah, Your individual values will fit and play well in this culture that's valuing these values. And it needs to show up in our calendars and how we spend our time. Yeah. I was just at a retreat with presidents of universities and we were looking at values and talking about, so what? So what? Mm. Declare our values. It's nice exercise one day and it's validating like, yeah, that's what's important to me. But so what? How does that play into your leadership day to day? Mm. Well, we're looking to those to make our decisions. What are our strategic priorities? Are they aligned with our values? Our values can help us make hard choices. Does it show up in our hiring processes? When something's not working, look to your values. Mm. They're probably not all present or they're not present there in the ways that you would want. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And, you know, it's, I love this because it reminds me that one of my law firm's core values is clarity Mm. and how recently that's been showing up in a way that I didn't intend, but it really highlights the importance of that value, which is like, yes, we value being clear and precise with language, but we also place a value on people placing a value on clarity. So Mm. if I ask my team a clarifying question, Or if they're just like, oh, you know, we had X, Y, Z bad client. I'm like, if we remove the word bad client, what happened? And if they're not willing to kind of step back and look factually at things or, you know, take that critical feedback just to get more specific in their own wording, then they could very well be a good fit elsewhere. But because of the nature of what we do and the personalities on our team, a willingness to take requests for clarity and lean into them is something that really helps the team. Yeah. And engage in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Be be willing to do the the rigor around it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a really cool. When you really embrace clarity, it's not just at the 500,000 foot level, right? It's right. Uh, yeah, All that's great. The way. Now, before I let you go, I do want to dive into these four pillars that you talk about in your book. And oh, for yes. and for you anybody who's earlier, I forgot. <laughs> for anybody who's interested, I'll make sure that we link up in the show notes and in the comments information on Amy, including where you can get her book. But yeah, let's walk through these pillars. Yeah, as we go through them, just let us know like are these pillars that you can be building 
simultaneously or is there kind of build this first kind of finish certain tasks and then let's move on to another mm, one the chronology all right first pillar the courage to be authentically you mm. this would be a good place to start yeah <laughs> yeah the, the others you can work on in parallel i think i encourage emerging leaders aspiring leaders i think we're all leaders in our lives so yeah. i kind of resist that word aspiring sometimes because uh, I think we're, we're all already uh, leaders but you're aspiring to have that leadership title in your organization right and to have those direct reports that you are now responsible for empowering and engaging and inspiring the courage to be authentically you is about knowing your leadership strengths knowing yeah. your style being able to embrace that, know that. I believe that's part of our power as leaders, that we come across genuine, mm -hmm. powerful, grounded, if we are living into our strength and style. Mm -hmm. And we're not trying to robotically do what we saw some other leader do. Yeah. It seems kind of easy enough, but but where are the challenges here? Yeah, the challenge is we want to be authentically us. And as leaders, we also have to be aware of the impact that mm. we have and check that. What are ways that we can modify to those around us because they have a different style yeah. communication or how they work to be more effective. How do I modify? How do I speak to you in a way that you're going to best understand it mm -hmm. and get on board? So where do the modifications feel good and great? Like this is me being an effective leader and uh, doing situational leadership, right? Adjusting to the variables of what's going on right now. But when does it go too far? When mm. does it no longer feel like me? And I think yeah. younger, less experienced, newer leaders can get into, I, I saw a leader do that great thing. I saw a leader do mm. this great thing. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do this. And it's more about just taking the time to look at what are my values? What's my personal story? Mm. Right? And we all have a personal story. I used to think I didn't have a personal story because nothing severely traumatic happened in my childhood. <laughs> mm, sure. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. Big story of overcoming and I turned everything around 180 degrees, but I've got my story. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a small town. I felt like I, I was naive. It made me very curious and open about the mm. world. And I want to see different perspectives. And now I want to see how different businesses work. Yeah. And how I can come in and I can have an impact. It's part of my story. What is your story? Each listener out there, right? What's your story yeah. and how do you how do you step into it? Mm. I, I love this because I think sometimes it takes this nudge of leadership to get out of the typical entrepreneur mindset of, wouldn't it be nice to be on a beach right now? or I want to be able to pay for this car, or, uh, you know, these other typical types of business goals that 
and I don't want to put a judgment on this. Like I'm all for doing stuff that's going to make you happy or that, yes. that is lighting you up in some way, you know, taking vacations, things like that. But I think it's helpful to lift your gaze mm -hmm. and also be like, okay, how can I incorporate leadership into what I'm building? Mm -hmm. Whether that's mm -hmm. internal, external leadership. I love this. And I think for business owners who might be struggling to clarify what their one year or five year or 10 year like business plan is mm -hmm. thinking about it from a leadership perspective can help clarify where mm -hmm. this can go. So, so that's pillar mm -hmm. one. What are the other three? Courage of a leader. Pillar number two, the courage to say what needs to be said. Mm. When I, when I say this in rooms of people, I usually get the mm's or the, or the nods. I think we can all think of a time when a leader didn't say what needed to be said or when a leader did, it got us to sit up in our seats. And this is everything from we need to go in this direction to the difficult feedback a team member might need. I'm a big believer that we can talk about anything. Mm. And we can work things out in conversation and, and having no idea how that's going to go. Yeah. Yet having a, an intention, having a plan for how you launch the conversation. Right? I have my intention. Uh, I have the context that I want to share, the intention I want to share out loud with the other person. And then being willing to listen and co-create. Yeah. But sometimes... We do not know what's possible. I love that you added in the, the bit about co-creating and listening and saying what needs to be said, because that can be a really hard thing to, to juggle of, you know, how am I listening authentically and letting go and doing those things and finding those moments where there are certain things that I need to say or behave in some way as the leader of whatever it is that I'm a leader of. Yeah. And there's a whole section in one of the chapters in that pillar part of the book about self-editing. Mm. What doesn't need to be said? Because it's uh. more about us and our ego and our, oh, I think I'm the leader. So I think I need to give you all the feedback. What you've done not so great in the last quarter, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. And really thinking about what's the intention here and what are the messages that have the best chance of getting us to the collective outcome that we want. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. And what I love about these pillars and the way that you've built them is like the names of the pillars themselves are helpful takeaways. And mm -hmm. you've got these chapters that break it down even more. Yes. So what's the third one? Third, third pillar is courage to trust the legacy. Mm. And this is your leadership legacy, each individual, and really using it as living everyday guidance. Because mm. when we have a bigger than ourselves commitment, we're called to act in ways that are bigger than our ego, bigger than uh. any normal, natural human considerations. My most popular keynote is the courage of a leader, the power of a leadership legacy. Mm -hmm. And I always ask 
in that keynote for the audience to think of times when a big commitment, a bigger goal did call them to do what they didn't really want to do in the moment. Mm. You know, I, I sign up for races. Sometimes I don't want to get up on a Saturday morning yeah. and run, but I do because I've made this commitment to this race. Uh, what you do I, is so inspiring, especially, I mean, all of the running and seeing you get hurt and then you still go out there and you do it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, going and having those tough conversations because we know we got to get somebody on board. Yeah. When we ask ourselves, what does the legacy want or need? It calls us to be more mm -hmm. bold. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. This is reminding me of something that I think is important to be said for any business owners listening is that your legacy isn't limited to your business's vision, mm. right? Yeah. And I think I had a really good conversation a week ago with a friend of mine at a coffee shop here in Chicago who said, you know, over the past year, I've gotten really bored in my business. As I've delegated more, as the, you know, the business has grown. Interesting. And I've learned to accept that that's okay. And mm -hmm. that it's not my business's job to entertain me. And there are things that I want to do outside of the business in terms of making an mm -hmm. impact. And that's okay too. Mm. Uh, there are programs where in corporations, we talk about leveraging your strengths every day. Mm -hmm. And leaders get confronted by that. How can I make sure I'm using my strengths every day? How can I make sure my team members are using their strengths every day? And I think there's ways that we can, we can look at that, right? There's strengths that we have that we can bring to many, many tasks, right? That are transferable across tasks. And also had the overt conversation in corporations about if you need a side hustle to get some of your juice if there's not an opportunity to do that right now in the yeah. role that you're in, how do you get that mm -hmm. in your life? Because it fuels you as a holistic person. So I don't like hearing about people being bored. And that would be the question, right? Where, where do you get it? Yeah. Where do you get it? How are you going to create that? Mm -hmm. Because, oh, our whole world has called for us to have resilience and perseverance and those words, yeah. those traits recently. And we need to find what is going to fuel us and continue yeah. to fuel us in real ways. And I, I know I've said this already, but I, I, I love in a world of self-help that is very, a book that I'm reading calls it meism. <laughs> you're offering this other lens that business owners can view what they're doing in. And it's not just the personal wins that happen when success comes your way, but it's the larger picture thing you get to be a part of based on your strengths. I, I just love that. Yeah. We ready for fourth pillar? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> The courage to be bold and create the extraordinary. Mm. This is how do we lean into the personal courage that we have and go for it. And sometimes it's challenging. It's easier said than done, right? It's challenging, especially when 
we're going for something and we can only see the path only so far out. Right. Then it gets fuzzier. Then we lose it in the horizon. Like we don't really, we might not know how it go, goes after that. And how do you step in to that unknown? I mean, one of the things that as a business owner tend that makes me think of as something that makes that hard is there is such a natural survival mechanism of wanting approval and to be liked that can hamper potentially this pillar specifically. Yeah, we want to be liked. We want to be, we want people to approve of us. We want to show up how they expect us to show up. Yeah. So we're being a chameleon, right? We're trying to figure out what do they want, need from us, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that person. What's striking me to share one thing that I've noticed doing work with leaders at all levels is that many leaders are unknowingly playing a waiting game. Mm. They're waiting until they have all of their peers on board, right? They're waiting for that next promotion. Then I'll have the platform to be able to do. Yep. Such. I'm waiting until I get that next certification. Then I'll have that knowledge. Then I'll look credible. This is my favorite. And I fall into this all the time. Waiting to get those pressing projects done. Mm. Then I'll have the time to really yep. step in and step up and do this. We already have everything that we need. We can start living into our leadership legacies right away. And I've seen new leaders do this. And it's so powerful when they declare, this is what I'm about and start living into it. Even if they don't nail it a hundred percent upfront, they're going to get that tweak done mm. decades before yeah. <laughs> some of us did. Right. And, and, and I know what a lot of what I'm talking about sounds aspirational. So I also want to let people know, like in the book and even on the Courage of a Leader website, there are resources and worksheets and I'm aspirational, but I'm also pragmatic. Yeah. Like how does it apply? I don't want this to be a theoretical conversation. What does this mean mm. to you? How do you do it? What does this look like in your team? So worksheets, charts, exercises, examples. We got to bring it to life for people. I love the focus on the pragmatic. Amy, <laughs> I have one probably final question for you in terms of this pillar. I'm, I'm thinking of, of other potential challenges to this. And I love that we talked about that, again, for business owners, that concern of wanting to be liked and how that could affect mm -hmm. you being bold. I think another potential difficulty with this fourth barrier and maybe with all of them for leaders who are business owners specifically mm. is this perception of competition. Mm. And when I was in law school, I was involved with a nonprofit clinic and there was this really interesting question of what do you do as a nonprofit when you have this idea of something that you want to build awareness and charity around and you could start your own thing or there's somebody else that you could just join. That's like one flavor of how this could come up. Or even just who am I to have a legacy around this thing when Ooh. someone else has something similar? Mm -hmm. Can you speak to how you tend to help people with, with that kind of a question of, uh, again, wh whether it's a who am I or do I have to come up with something super unique in terms of my strengths or 
Mm. Is it just okay? This is what I want to do, and this is what I'm good at. And it's a, it's there are other people who who are doing it as well, but that's all right. And there's competitors out there. Yeah. Right. Well, I think you don't deny it. Mm. If it's your passion, if it's your interest, and it's a place where you can make money and make a difference. Yeah. Why not move forward if the market is not saturated and there can be more businesses, more practitioners doing what you do, jump in if that's going to light you up. I mean, speaking of clarity, once somebody has the clarity that Mm. this is what I want to do, this is what I'm about, it's hard to deny that train. Yeah. Think the work around leadership legacy, the work around values. When you start to break this down and here's what I want to provide. Here's how I want to uniquely provide it. Here's Mm. what's important to me in how this works and how the solutions play out. It becomes more and more unique. Then you want clients and maybe there is partnership with other players out there in some way, but you're looking to the alignment of the values and the approaches to make sure that that's a fit. That's really well said. I'm a, I'm a big believer. And I made this mistake for a while that values were just this theoretical conversation. Mm -hmm. Values are practical guidance Mm -hmm. for day to day. And if we're not using them that way, we're missing the power. More than a bumper sticker, right? (laughs) Please. Uh, Amy, I have so loved this conversation. Thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for the way you speak about this. I I know that you've been trained well. You've been doing this for years. (laughs) It really is such a pleasure and honor to have you on this. My pleasure to be here. It's always great to speak with you, Joey. You're great at hosting your Business Growth Advantage podcast. I love it. Well, I, I, I listen try. on my runs. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, everybody who's tuning in live or on the replay, please check Amy out again when it comes to leadership, whether you've been leaning into that topic or not. I really encourage you to. And Amy's got such a great set of resources that can be next steps for you. That's it for this week, you guys. I'll catch you all next week. Bye. All right. Has this episode motivated you to take some action on the legal side? Well, good. Here's a great next step for you. I've put together a free legal training that people have legit been raving about. I just got a DM telling me that this was the best legal presentation they've ever seen. Yes, you heard that right. Best legal presentation ever. Okay, maybe that's a pretty low bar, but hey, I'll take it. And another person told me that they've never really had a lawyer who they trusted to recommend to their business friends. But after watching this training, now they know that I'm their go-to guy. So if you're ready to stop being overwhelmed by all the legal stuff, you are going to freaking love this training. Check it out at joeyc.vitali.com slash trademark, or just click on the link in the show notes. This is owning it. Thanks for listening to Owning It with me, Joey C. Vitale. If you like the show and want to know more, check out joeycvitale.com. And I'm all about spreading those golden legal nuggets. So leave a review and let me know which golden nuggets you picked up from this episode. All right, see you next time. If you want to-